Welcome to Becoming a Sleep Consultant. I'm your host, Jane Havens, a certified sleep consultant and founder of both Snooze Fest by Jane Havens and Center for Pediatric Sleep Management. On this podcast, I'll be discussing the business side of sleep consulting. You'll have an insider's view on launching, growing, and even scaling a sleep consulting business. This is not a podcast about sleep training. This is a podcast about business building and entrepreneurship. One of the most commonly asked questions that I am asked both on discovery calls and inside of our Becoming a Sleep Consultant Facebook group is whether or not I teach the cry it out method and whether or not I believe in the cry it out method. I answered this question, I think so eloquently inside of our Facebook group, Becoming a Sleep Consultant, that I thought I'd air it on the podcast. I hope you enjoy. Good morning, everybody. I hope you all are having a fabulous week. I am coming live today to answer a question that I get very, very often from those that are entering this Facebook group, Becoming a Sleep Consultant. Uh, One of the questions that I get asked most frequently is, do you teach the cry it out method? And I understand that this is a controversial topic and I wanted to address it head on for you. Center for Pediatric Sleep Management teaches all sleep training techniques. Uh, We really strive to be a completely comprehensive program where you are going to learn everything without bias. There's no agenda other than safe sleep. Uh, We do teach safe sleep and we do subscribe to the American Academy of Pediatric Safe Sleep Guidelines. But other than that, there's no agenda. Uh, We strive to meet families where they are and coach them through methods that align with their parenting style and that feel safe and comfortable for them. And what that means is that many of our uh, clients come to us uh, really seeking a very hands-on, parent-present approach. I hesitate to call them gentle methods because I personally find that some of these parent-present approaches to sleep training often actually yield far more crying than when you give an infant or a toddler a little bit of space to try to fall asleep independently. So. I wanted to explain a few things. First of all, uh, cry it out means different things to different people. Uh, Some people think of the cry it out method as any sleep training that involves crying, which, uh, you know, newsflash is most sleep training techniques because when you make a change to the way an infant or a toddler or a preschooler falls asleep, if they're used to nursing to sleep, Uh, And then even if you just switch from nursing to rocking, uh, that baby would likely still cry because they're used to falling asleep while nursing, right? Uh, Some people think of the cry it out method as Ferber. Uh, I would not call that cry it out. I would call that either Ferber or check and console or a graduated extinction uh, method um, where the baby is crying, but you're still checking in on them and providing comfort and reassurance at intervals. Uh, When I think of cry it out, what I think of is the extinction method. And the way extinction works is you put your child to bed and you come back in the morning. That's extinction. Um, I personally 
would never uh, recommend the extinction method for a baby that's still feeding in the middle of the night. I want to make that clear. Uh, I personally don't like to use that approach for um, a child that's used to still eating. And I guess this is a good time to remind everybody that sleep training and night weaning are not the same thing, okay? You can, sleep training, I define sleep training, and again, like this is a controversial term. A lot of people are uncomfortable with the term sleep training. I'm personally comfortable with it. I like to own it. Uh, none of us are insecure, I don't think, about calling uh, toilet training, potty training, you know, that's not a dirty word. And, and in my mind, neither is sleep training. We're just teaching uh, an infant or a toddler or a preschooler to fall asleep independently. That's sleep training, okay? So I would never use a sleep training method, especially extinction to night wean, okay? A baby that's still hungry in the middle of the night, we're gonna work on night weaning separately. That's completely different than teaching a baby to fall asleep independently. So let's assume that we're working with a baby that is not eating in the middle of the night, has no, no need to eat in the middle of the night and hasn't eaten in the middle of the night for a while. Uh, this could be an infant, it could be an older, uh, it could be a young toddler. Um, those babies and to those children um, are capable of falling asleep independently without whatever aid they're used to, whether it's uh, feeding to sleep, whether it's being rocked to sleep, whether it's a pacifier, uh, whether it's being patted and shushed and rubbed to sleep. Uh, those babies are capable of falling asleep independently. And to implement the extinction method, you would go through a bedtime routine, put them down, and give them a kiss goodnight and tell them that you love them and let them fall asleep independently uh, without any checks, without any um, physical presence from you. Uh, and then if they wake up in the middle of the night, same thing, they get themselves back to sleep in the middle of the night. I should be clear that uh, a majority of our clients, I, I speak for myself here, but I think I can also speak for my Center for Pediatric Sleep Management graduates, um, we're not we're not recommending the extinction method. I'm not ever recommending it, uh, not because I don't believe in it, not because I don't think it's okay. Uh, I'm not recommending it to my clients because people aren't coming to sleep consultants for us to tell them to have their babies cried out, right? So people are hiring sleep consultants because they want a more middle of the road option. They want something that feels more reasonable, something uh, a little bit more hands-on so that they feel that they're a part of the process and supporting their child as their child learns this new skill to fall asleep and back to sleep independently. So it's very rare that I'm coaching parents through the extinction method. That being said, I think it's really important for those that are going to do this work professionally, that they understand the extinction method, how it works, when it's appropriate to use, in what circumstances, et cetera, et cetera. So we do teach it. Um, I want to give you, uh, I want to tell you a story. This is one of my favorite sleep training stories. I've told it in this group before, but I couldn't find the post to share it when um, somebody was asking me about the extinction method or cry it out. So I thought I would retell the story. Uh, not too long ago, it was less than a year ago, I worked with a family that had a 14-month-old little girl. She was in daycare during the day, fell asleep, no problem in daycare, took her two naps, you know, without any help getting to sleep in daycare. And at home with her parents, 
She was not wanting to fall asleep independently. Um, she was nursed at bedtime to fall asleep and then she would wake up in the middle of the night and she would scream and cry and want to nurse over and over and over again. Um, mom didn't think that the nursing was about nutrition. She just thought she was sort of suckling back to sleep. And this would happen several times over the course of the middle of the night. And at some point mom got too tired and would bring her 14 month old into bed with the two parents. This was no longer feeling sustainable for, for either of the parents and frankly for the 14 month old either she was exhausted and they were really really anxious about their child crying okay like straight up they were really anxious about it they were really nervous they had tried very very hard to work on this using very parent present approaches um she had told mom had told me before she hired me she had spent the last two nights literally just holding her daughter, like rocking her to sleep or just holding her, trying to teach her to fall asleep without the nursing, just to see it, like just to gradually wean her from that dependency. And that was leading to literally three hours of screaming and crying and hysterics throughout the night. Um, this, ha this went on for several nights. So all of the really parent present, gentle or gradual strategies were not working for this family. They tried it. They tried it so hard because the thought of, um, you know, leaving their child to cry was something that they were not at all comfortable with. So they hired me. And uh, I think a lot of you guys know, I, 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 I coach parents through strategies that align with their parenting style and that feel safe and comfortable for them. I call it my client led approach. So I don't have a one size fits all approach to sleep training. So I sent them a sleep plan that outlined three different sleep training techniques. Two of them were very hands-on parent present gradual approaches. And one was the check and console method, which is Ferber graduated ext extinction. And I let them decide. And, you know, they were both incredibly anxious, incredibly nervous, but ultimately decided to go with check and console because they felt that they had tried all of the parent present stuff. They had been doing that for, for days, weeks, months, and, and that was not yielding any sort of progress. So they decided to implement check and console. So I walked them through a new bedtime routine. We, you know, we fed her. She was nursed in a well-lit space in the living room. Uh, we brushed her teeth afterwards. This promotes both dental hygiene and sleep hygiene, right? Because we were keeping her from, from nursing to sleep, but then also brushing her teeth, which is just like good for her mouth, right? So she was fed in the living room with the lights on, the TV on to keep her awake. We brushed her little teeth. We did a bedtime routine with um, a few stories and a song, and she was put down in her crib, calm and relaxed and totally awake. Now, obviously she wasn't relaxed for long, right? Because she's used to being nursed to sleep and she was put into her crib awake. So immediately she started crying. Mom and dad left the room and watched carefully on the monitor. The plan was to check on her at the 10 minute mark if she hadn't started to calm down. 
Well, about eight minutes in, she went from crazy crying to trying. She actually wasn't standing at the corner of the crib. She wasn't screaming bloody murder. She was sitting there and, and flopping down and then sitting up and flopping down. And she was trying to get herself to sleep. She wasn't looking for her parents. She wasn't panicked. She wasn't traumatized. She was just trying to get herself to sleep within eight minutes uh, this little girl fell asleep so we've reset the timer for another 10 minutes at that point because it was clear that she was she was calm and she was relatively calm and she was working on getting herself to sleep and she fell asleep before the next 10 minute timer i think it was about i don't remember exactly because it was a while ago but she was asleep in less than 20 minutes okay it was like 14 16 18 minutes something like that and she was asleep and she slept through the entire night 11 to 12 hours again this was a while ago i don't remember specifics but she slept the entire night for the first time in her life at 14 months through the night while you know just given an opportunity to try so the next night rolled around same thing they did their new bedtime routine they put her in and she literally like did not cry she just went to sleep like a baby that knew how to go to sleep her whole life she went to sleep and she slept through the entire night and this was the case every single night for the two weeks that we worked together okay so this is a perfect illustration there were no checks baby we would have checked on her had had she been really really upset for a full 10 minutes but she never was this baby was a perfect example of a child that just needed to be given some space and an opportunity to try not every single time that a child is crying does that mean that they need to be rescued. Sometimes they're crying for other reasons. I think in this little girl's case, that first night she was crying because she was confused and she was a little nervous about trying to fall asleep in a new way. And she was like, where's my mom? Why is my mom not nursing me to sleep? But then once she realized that you know, she wasn't going to be nursed to sleep. She changed from why is my mom not nursing me to, okay, I'm going to try to get myself to fall asleep. And that's exactly what happened. So I work with families all the time that, that have experiences like this. Okay. When you, a lot of people think of cry it out and extinction as being like the baby or the toddler cries all night long and it's hours and hours of crying. Um, I really, that is not my experience. Uh, that is not my experience at all. And I think to some degree, there's a lot of fear mongering and mom shaming that comes along with sleep training using a traditional approach like the Ferber method or extinction. And, and in reality, uh, when a baby or a toddler is set up for success and is properly you know, set up and has the right sleep environment and the right schedule and the right bedtime routine and is told, you know, I love you, but you're going to try and go to sleep on your own. Usually it's a pretty seamless process. So anyway, wanted to share a little bit about extinction method. Um, if anybody's watching and has questions, please ask. Um, I'm going to be cognizant to keep a mental note of some more of these stories because seriously, they happen all the time on my watch that that one family sticks out in my mind because I think because of how anxious they were going in and it was really something that seemed like not at all in line with the way that they parented and it and it felt like such a huge jump from the way that they were parenting to the to what they decided to do in their own home and and please understand that this was not 
pressure come this did not happen because of pressure from me again i i proposed two approaches that were absolutely in line with with their parenting style and their comfort level around the crying they just i think got to a point where they realized um something needed to be done something more drastic needed to be done and and they were so grateful uh, that I came in with an option for them that was effective and safe and, and that I was there to support them through the process. So again, uh, I love sharing these stories and I would love to hear your thoughts on this. So please share. Uh, I'm going to quickly check. I don't think anyone's commented, but sometimes there's a delay. Uh, let's continue on this conversation. I love to talk about this. I know that it's a really loaded and uh, controversial topic. I think, again, deeply rooted in mom shaming. That's where I think this all comes from. I think that parents, moms in particular, are very, very hard on each other. And we all have a lot of guilt around the way that we parent our children. It's with everything. It's, you know, do you breastfeed or bottle feed? Do you sleep train or not? Um, do you feed your kids only organic foods or do you let them eat Cheez-Its off your living room floor, right? There are so many things and we, do you, do you let your kids have screen time or no? There's so many things that there's so much pressure to be the perfect parent and to be on 100% of the time. Um, and, and actually, before I wrap up, that brings me to another point. Um, one thing that I hear all the time from parents that are being judgmental about sleep training is that parents who choose to sleep train are not parenting in the middle of the night. That's something I've heard a lot. Like, you know, you, you had this baby, but you're not going to parent in the middle of the night. I've, I've heard moms say that to one another. Um, what I would say to that is that couldn't be further from the truth, okay? Parents who choose to sleep train their children are doing so because they feel strongly that they want to establish healthy and independent sleep hygiene for their children. It's not a selfish decision. It's not because they need to sleep through the night themselves. It's because they see the value in their child being happy and well-rested and, and, and frankly, a confident sleeper, okay? so. Let's continue on this conversation, whether in the thread or or if you're more comfortable in DMs, I would love to talk to you about it. Uh, I hope this was helpful and um, have an awesome day, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Becoming a Sleep Consultant podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, it would mean so much to me if you would rate, review and subscribe. When you rate, review and subscribe, this helps the podcast reach a greater audience. I'm so grateful for your support. If you would like to learn more about how you can become a certified sleep consultant, head over to my Facebook group, Becoming a Sleep Consultant, or to my website, thecpsm.com. Thanks so much, and I hope you will tune in for the next episode.